What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this episode of the show where we will start our first 2021 NFL mock draft. Kyle, welcome. Yeah, this order's, uh, this order's going to be a challenge, Joe. Just like doing this podcast without you sitting at my side today. You know, when I, as soon as I said, what's better than this, and I, you know, I, I thought to myself, being there with Kyle and recording, then 700 miles away or however far. Right. However far I, got this this, I got this little dinky headset on, and yeah. Shit, we literally that. shared the mic. They'll never know what our process is, but that's what we do. Um, all right, so here's the deal, and we got to get this out of the way. This is Super Bowl odds, right? Yes. For the draft order. We don't hate your team. Super Bowl odds. If we hate your team, we revealed that in the San Diego Scouts season Correct. predictions. Correct. Series, because this right? will not be the draft order that we predicted uh, when we did our uh, season predictions. So yeah. this, is, this is a totally different piece. We're, we're back to using TDN's mock draft simulator uh, to make these picks. So we're doing the first half of the first round today. I've got odds. You have evens. It's true. And Mainly I, because I, I just wanted to get Washington because I don't trust you to remember to not call them by their old nickname. Well, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, can I get the noise? You got to give me the noise. Oh, the, uh, the jingle to start yeah, the draft? Yeah, we don't do drafts without you doing the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock with the first pick. Wow, this is going to be a big surprise. No, to no one. To nobody. Trevor Lawrence is the pick. Um, they're picking one. That means uh, Gardner Minshew was not it. And uh, Doug Marone is out, and sweeping changes are coming through, although they have a lot of young talent. But Trevor Lawrence, top of the first-round type quarterback, that's the guy that you bring in and you feel like, it, it changes the course of your franchise and, and they've done some things to add talent and they've got draft capital. So I like where they're, they're headed and what they can do, but I mean, this is all about Trevor Lawrence here at pick number one. Okay. Yeah. Straightforward. Uh, Trevor, Trevor's one of those guys that like, we already have third, <laughs> we almost have 30 games of Trevor Lawrence tape already. Yeah. Which feels crazy to think about, you know, like, Remember the old Bill Parcells? What was the, the Bill Parcells rules for quarterbacks? Yeah, you do this article every year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you used to have to almost always be like a senior player to hit some of these things. Right. He might, he might, hit, it, he might hit it with just three years of tape. You know what's fun about that, too, is like all the tape that you've seen except for like two games, he's been a teenager. Right. <laughs> right. Something to keep in mind when you compare okay. him to the 23-year-old, you know, Joe Burrow. The Washington Football Club is on the clock with the number two selection in the first 2021 Draft Dudes mock draft. And um, this one also feels pretty cut and dry. Do- uh, does it? Yes, it does. Okay. Washington traded Trent Williams to San Francisco. Penne Sewell is – Best player available. And I'm sorry, what do we say on the show, Joe? You don't like good players getting in the way of taking great players? That's right. And Sadiq Charles <laughs> versus Penesu. 
Hey, Kyle, who's Penny Sewell? What team does he play for? What position? Uh, he plays offensive tackle for the Oregon Ducks. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have to – that's, <laughs> that's my pitfall. I'm assuming everybody knows who these <laughs> people are. Uh, Penny Sewell is uh, – he won the Allen Trophy, right? I'm sure he did. Uh, for best, best lineman in college football last year. and Very athletically gifted. Um, I know there, there's some – I believe Matt Miller – said he talked to some folks who, who had some apprehensions about him being a, like a locked and loaded OT one. But as far as his movement skills and, you know, we've started stacking our, our board for TDM 100 for our top 100 draft prospects entering uh, the fall and, and Dre Harris, who has the PAC 12 was glowing with his review there. So Penny Sewell offensive tackle going to Washington, the, uh, nation's capital, not the state, because he's out that way right now. But um, did you think about Fields? I, I know Sewell is the best prospect available at a position of need, but if they're picking two, you don't. Do you feel great about what Haskins was able to do? You know, like uh, is this a chance to get a different guy? Maybe. There's. I don't know. That was why I was a little relieved when you said you'll take evens because I, I didn't want to make that choice. I think we are – and I understand there was a, a regime change, right? So that, that does change the dynamics of what Dwayne Haskins and, and his leash looks like as a player. Um, but I, I still think it's not the norm for teams to just punt – on quarterbacks after a year, right? And Haskins started a handful of games last year. This will be his first season as the starter. The owner, again, it comes back to when we were talking about, you know, whether or not Washington would rose in Haskins this year in the draft. Dan Snyder was a big, like, inevitably, Dan Snyder, the owner of the team, had a heavy hand in Dwayne Haskins coming in. I don't think it's that simple for Washington. So because I don't think the new normal is to Josh Rosen guys who take in the top 15, I think Haskins gets more than one year as the starter. Fair enough. All right. So I'm up with the Cincinnati Bengals. Kyle, I got to do it, my guy. I got to do it. They're picking three Reunite. on the board. What's that? Reunite them. You got to. The pick's going to be wide receiver Jamar Chase oh from LSU. Goodness. Given Joe Burrow is guy from LSU, they had a historic season. I think Jamar Chase broke every record imaginable last year, catching the football from Joe Burrow. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, A.J. Brown's a, an expiring contract for this Bengals football team. And uh, it's just – it's you, you, got, you just got to do it. And I, it's worth the pick, too. Like, I'm comfortable with Chase – at three. So you have a need, you have a, a chemistry to reunite, and you have a player that is worth the pick. Jamar Chase, turn in the car. And A.J. Green is hitting free agency again because he's playing this year on the franchise tag. Correct. So now your wide receiver room for Joe Burrow is Chase, Tyler Boyd. I think John Ross is a free agent too. Yeah, they have T. Higgins. T. Higgins. So you're, you're going to – well, you push, play, play Boyd in the slot. Let's go. Right. You've got two my ball guys on the outside 
with an accurate quarterback. And then Tyler Boyd in the slot. Yeah, you want to find that speed guy for your fourth spot. Like, that's fine. You can get that player. But you got to love that. I like for, it. For I like it. I yeah. like it. Now let's get this offensive line fixed, but we can't do that here. Number four pick belongs in, according to current Super Bowl odds, to the Carolina Panthers. You think they'd have been number one if they didn't sign Teddy in Super Bowl odds? Yeah, I think so. I do. Yeah, well, they're still going to get a quarterback here, though. I'm going to give him Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. This is a player I've done some extensive film study on as the Big Ten guy. And let me just say how much of a breath of fresh air it is to watch Justin Fields uh, operate an offense that is not Kirby Smart's athletic quarterback package at Georgia. You watch um, Fields play at Ohio State, and he has uh, some really natural ability with his arm. You can tell he has a baseball background uh, as he played shortstop, and his ability to adjust his arm slots and, and throw around guys and, and throw on the move and the athleticism that he provides, and, and he's a pretty densely built quarterback at 6'3", 225, so he's mobile, but I like that, that he has – uh, a build that appears to be able to withstand the wear and tear that's going to take from taking hits uh, if he's subjected to hits, which he will be uh, playing behind this offensive line. But uh, really like the fit here with uh, Joe Brady as well as far as spacing the field. And Ohio yes. State does a lot of spacing of the field and getting the ball out of his hands fast. And uh, I think there's plenty to work with here for Justin Fields in Carolina. Yeah, good pick. I like that. I like to see him with with uh, Joe Brady. I've got the New York Jets here at pick number. Don't do it. Five. Don't do it. I don't know what it is. In I your know mind. what you're going to give them, and they're they'll never take this player. Really? You don't think they are going to take the player? I'm going to give them no matter what you say right now. No, Miami it's, it's, Edge Gregory Rousseau. Correct. Yeah, they won't take him. They don't care about edge defenders. <laughs> Well, I'm guessing if they're picking five, then we've got a new coaching staff. Oh, yeah. With the New York Jets. And, and Greg Russo, right now, 6'6", 251. He's a rising redshirt sophomore. And last year, in really his first taste of action, he goes out and gets 19 and a half tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks, and he's all traits. Length and burst and power. And, like, you can just see he's brimming with tools. And it's just about – developing technique and like just the ceiling on this player is unbelievable. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing a new coaching staff will value those types of edges more. And I think, you know, Rousseau, I think he can play four, three end. And I think he can play some five tech. I think he's got some versatility. He could play in space a little bit. Like he's a, he's a really dynamic football player. And, and I think there's some, there's another, what I would consider a, a potential blue chip player here, but, I think the positional value is going to push him over, you know, maybe the guy that could come off the board here next. So Greg Rousseau, edge Miami, New York Jets here at number five. Okay. The New York Giants are on the clock at six. They'd have loved to have Rousseau, huh? Probably. Um, let me make sure I speak intelligently here about what they gave to Blake Martinez and David Mayo. <laughs> they gave him a little bit more money than they should, probably should have. Yeah, probably should have. Blake Martinez got himself a big old fish of a contract. But uh, 
you know, neither one of these players is Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. And uh, as much as, as maybe we'd like to you know, kind of help continue build support for Daniel Jones, you know, Joe, I think the only thing that would have really moved the needle for me would have been like another high-end blue chip wide receiver at this point in the draft. So if Jamar Chase was there, I'd have thought about it. Not that they're hurting at wide receiver, right? They've got Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, who had a promising start to his NFL career last year. But the offensive line, they've made heavy investments in this past year. They used two of their first three picks on Andrew Thomas and Matt Peart, offensive tackles. Will Hernandez is a recent pick. Kevin Zeitler, you know, maybe not a long-term option, but he's, he's here in the here and now. Linebacker not necessarily a, a super high value position, but this is a best, a, a pure and raw best player available in my opinion, based on what I've seen from Micah Parsons this season uh, with his instincts and his versatility. And he has the ability to both play in a stacked position and playing coverage and, and play on the line of scrimmage at times. He played at the prep level as an outside pass rusher. So uh, Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, 6'2", 245, extremely explosive, brings a completely different dynamic than the two players that the Giants just brought back in David Mayo and Blake Martinez to be their starting linebackers. Bruce Feldman's freak list came out today. You're going to find oh, Micah Parsons. You're going to find Micah Parsons on here, and he's got him at a 4 four three forty yard dash with a yeah. four two four in the pro agility with a five seventy five squat, and he's a good player. And that's a five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's got him at. So, um, man, you, you, the dolphins wanted him Kyle. And as the guy who gets to make the first dolphins pick, I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah. This is why I didn't want the first dolphins pick because this is such a <laughs> nasty spot to sit. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to focus in on, doing what I can for my franchise quarterback into a tongue of Iowa. And I, you may do the same at number 10, but I have the first opportunity to do that here at number seven. And I really like interior offensive lineman Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. Um, he's a physical guy um, that will absolutely profile that, you know, those, those power type interior offensive lineman or offensive lineman a whole that the, that the Miami Dolphins seem to covet. But I also like what he can do in space and climbing the second level and, and longer poles. And I think that'll really complement what Chan Gailey likes to do in the screen game with what he can do with Creed Humphrey. And so I think from a power run blocking perspective, from a mobility perspective, and, you know, he's got a great anchor in pass pro that this is, you know, it's early for a center, but I think it would mean so much to Tua and um, without getting into trades and all those types of things at this point in the process, I feel comfortable with the value enough because of what it means to, you know, my face of the franchise. So Creed Humphrey center, Oklahoma is going to be the pick here. Last 13 years. Can you tell me when the highest drafted center came off the board? Hmm. 2021, the Miami Dolphins Creed Humphrey at seven. Well, yeah. In the last 14 years, it'll be, Creed Humphrey at seven. <laughs> uh, what, I know Eric Wood went like 27. Where, where was Alex Mack? 
Wasn't he in the mid twenties? That's it's not the highest pick. He was twenty first overall in two thousand nine. Okay, so there's one higher than that. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Does he wind up being a good player? Or was he a bust? Uh, you know who he is. Eric Wood went twenty eighth. Okay. All right. I I don't know. I'm not going to pull it. So. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Over the last twenty, I said thirteen. It's twenty three. Over the last 23 years of NFL drafts, yeah. the highest selected center is Damian Woody, 17th overall. You have, overdrafted, you have overdrafted this position by 10 spots. You're welcome. I got to a center and You're welcome. I created the scheme more, more diverse. You're welcome. Yeah. Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock with the eighth overall pick, the halfway point in today's festivities. And, Joe, we're doing it. (laughs) Is it Trey Lance time? Regime change behind center for the Raiders. Listen, here's the deal. John Gruden's here for a long time, right? He is locked in on a long-term deal, signed a 10-year contract. He's entering, what, year three? Yeah. So. Odds are you've probably got, if you were to use a first-round pick on a rookie quarterback in the here and now, you'd be guaranteed it would be John Gruden and this player for the next five years, probably before the Raiders ever start to consider making a head coaching change. You're in a division, the Broncos, rapidly accelerating as far as the town on their roster. The Kansas City Chiefs just locked in Patrick Mahomes for a decade. They're not going anywhere. You know what you have in Derek Carr, and we now have to be honest with ourselves where if we are picking eighth at this point, after three years of Carr and Gruden, we know exactly what we have, and it's not good enough. So it's time to make a change. Trey Lance, very toolsy, appealing, upside as far as playing at North Dakota State. He was a redshirt freshman last year, and he was unbelievable as far as the things that they asked him to do, the quarterback run game, the athleticism to throw on the run, the natural arm strength. The concerns here are obvious in that he's a smaller school prospect, and he's an extremely young prospect. But the tools are such where if Trey Lance has an opportunity to showcase himself, he is going to continue to wow you based on the raw athletic potential that he has. I think he's more athletically gifted, and I think he's a more gifted thrower than Jordan Love, who just went in the, late, in the mid-20s, went 27th overall. Trey Lance's stock right now is sky high because he didn't have an interception last year. Now, there were interceptable plays on his tape, But at the end of the day, he didn't have a turnover in the passing. Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State, regime change for the Raiders. Perhaps they can flip Carr. I know his cap hits only $22 million because he was available in the expansion draft, Joe. If one of these teams that needs a quarterback change uh, wants to swing the bat, the, the Raiders might be able to get some nice assets for Derek Carr and make this change worth their while. All right. Well, 
I bet um, some teams are disappointed, hoping that Trey Lance could slide a little bit. But I think in this scenario, that makes a lot of sense. I've got the Detroit Lions here at number nine. And luck. Yeah, uh, this is another reason I think you wanted to have the even picks because the Lions are always difficult to pick for. But uh, we're, I think it's safe to operate under the assumption that this is no longer a team that is coached by Matt Patricia. And a new regime is going to come in, and they're not going to have a chance to take a quarterback here that's worth it, even if they wanted to kind of like gear up for life after Matt Stafford or anything like that. But I think they're going to come in and say, we got to be good up front. We got to be good in the trenches. And the best trench player available is Marvin Wilson, an interior defensive lineman from Florida State. And that's going to be the pick here. You know, Detroit right now, they're – starting defensive tackles are Danny Shelton and John Atkins. I mean, that doesn't move the needle for anybody. And with a new defense that's probably going to be inserted, they're going to want a player like this. And Marvin Wilson, you're not going to look at his box score and, and see big-time sack production. He had five sacks last year in nine games and then three and a half the year before. But watch the Virginia, the Virginia game from last year and tell me this guy can't rush the passer. And, and I know that he's a tank against the run. And so I think – a lot about – I draw some parallels to Carolina going with uh, Derek Brown last year, and I can see De- Detroit kind of replicating that move here at pick number nine. So that's the pick. Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle, Florida State. Okay, the Dolphins are back on the clock courtesy of the Laramie Tunsil deal with the Houston Texans. And, Joe, I wouldn't have taken Creed Humphrey here either. I just want to establish that. Mm-hmm. I've got a golden opportunity. I've talked a lot throughout the course of my time on Locked On Dolphins about the Dolphins, the dynamics of their skill players and the wide receiver room and some of the concerns that I have there regarding uh, the Dolphins do not have run-after-catch threats at all. And, Joe, when I say at all, I mean, at all. I mean, their top rack guy was 76th in the league last year in yards after catch. It's a problem. So, I'm going to take the opportunity to, at pick 10, get a wide receiver. Get a wide receiver that makes a ton of plays in the passing game and has chemistry with Tua Tungavailoa. That makes it a no-brainer. The question is, is it Devonta Smith or is it Jalen Waddle? Do you have any predictions? I think you're going to go with Waddle. Why? The speed. He's faster. I think he's, and he's probably better after the catch. So Jalen Waddle had a statistical regression last year. So it's easy to, to see that people might be selling on him. But his freshman year in 2018, when they ran the wide-open offense, he caught 45 balls for 850 yards and seven touchdowns, 19 yards per catch. Electric with the ball in his hands is returning his three return touchdowns over the last two seasons. He averaged 24.4 yards per return on punts last year, which is pretty incredible, 24 yards per punt return. Jalen Waddell is my pick. And we've talked a little bit about Devonta Smith, Joe, and why that's a challenging projection. 
I think he will be a very good pro because he has the route running acumen and the hands, but he doesn't profile like a lot of guys. And one thing I do know is speed kills. And Tua had chemistry with Jalen Waddle, and I think that game-breaking speed that he has as a 4-2 guy installing him as a potential slot with all of this size that the Dolphins have with Parker at 6'3", Preston Williams at 6'4", and Mike Isecki at 6'5", makes for a, a very uh, exciting change of pace amongst all those other guys. Jalen Waddle is a pick, huh? All right. He's going to be a pain in the ass to deal with. He all is. right, so the – the Denver Broncos pick number 11. I feel like I can go two different directions here, Kyle. Um, one of them being cornerback, um, where, you know, A.J. Bouye is a bit of an older player. They, Bryce Callahan's been injured, didn't play at all last year after suffering an injury in 2018. You know, they've got, they got Michael Ojemudier in there. They've got Isaac Yadam. But, you know, I think that a chance to go after, like, a top-tier corner prospect is, is very enticing so is going after an offensive tackle. And you have a situation here with this Broncos team where you got a young quarterback in Drew Locke, you got a lot of really exciting young skill players, and you want to make sure you give yourself every opportunity to maximize that by making sure your offensive line is taken care of. And, man, you got to love what they have in the interior with Dalton Risner and Graham Glasgow and, and drafting Lo, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry last year. But at tackle, you got a couple question marks. You know, Garrett Bowles, I think, has been – a reasonable player, but the holding penalties continue to be a problem, and he didn't necessarily take that jump that everyone hoped for with Mike Munchak. And he's uh, in a situation where his contract's up, and do you really want to commit to that guy? And then Juwan James is your right tackle who you know played, what, just very limited time last year due to injury. And so he's coming back, and you're hoping he's healthy. But, you know, I think James has been a player that is kind of an up-and-down guy on a year-to-year basis. And so we got to stabilize his offensive tackle position in my mind. Um, and uh, I, the guy that we're going to go with here is actually Alex Leatherwood, offensive mm-hmm. tackle from Alabama. Uh, started that transition from guard to tackle last year and went well, and he'll continue to grow. And, and I think that he's the right type of player uh, to give them an answer for the long term that they can feel good about with all the, the, the young talent they have on this offense. Arizona Cardinals at pick 12. Have an opportunity here to go a couple different directions. Man, Joe, I want to go a certain way. Then do it. But the Cardinals have not been a team – that has prioritized building up their offensive line. It brought back DJ (laughs) Humphreys, which was good. You know, we got Josh Jones in the third round interior trio of Pew Mason Cole and J.R. Sweezy. Right. Like we got Lamont Gallard and and Max Garcia's depth guys. Screw it. We're going to, we're going to take the best available offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals. And that is Wyatt Davis, Mm. the right guard, from Ohio State, good news is this offense plays tempo. This offense plays fast. This offense plays in space. This offense runs a lot of zone at Ohio State. Wyatt Davis is exposed in all of these things. And you know what he does? He kicks ass in all of them. So if you told me I can get J.R. Sweezy and then put Wyatt Davis in that spot to be an asset in both the run game and in pass protection, I'm here for it. Wyatt Davis at pick 12 to the Arizona Cardinals. 
pull the rug right out from under my feet. You think the Chargers wouldn't like to have Wyatt Davis with this you pick? Hate to see it continue. I mean, <laughs> the Chargers are a fascinating football team. They're on the clock here at number thirteen because they have so many expiring contracts to deal with, and so I think the landscape of this football team could look quite differently. Yes, very soon here. I cannot believe that. Dan Feeney and Sam Tevy continue to be projected <laughs> starters for this football team, right? It's unbelievable. They, they, they wasted – or wasted's a tough word. They, they didn't give Phillip Rivers his best opportunity at the end of his tenure there because they kept on relying on these guys as two-fifths of their offensive line. And, um, and it, feels me, even just, more, it even feels crazy, too, that, like, Trey Pipkins has been pegged as like waiting in the wings right. to take over for Sam Tevy. Yeah, there's not even good depth, right? Well, I, I got to give Justin Herbert a chance here, right? So, to me, this is absolutely we have to go after the best offensive tackle or often or guard on the board, and and let's go with Sam Cosme, this offensive tackle okay. Okay. from from Texas here. And this come, he's athletic, he has mobility. Um, and, uh, you know, he gives you a chance to, to get an answer at tackle when <laughs> if I watch Sam Tavi start another game for the chargers, I'm going to have a hard time. You're so you're going to well, all this year. Yeah. Unless Trey Pipkins can knock him out of the lineup. Yeah. We're going Sam Cosby. We're going to help Justin Herbert and try to get some answers here. On Cosby's the pick and the Browns could not be any happier that Dylan Moses is on the board at 14. The Browns' projected starting linebackers are Jacob Phillips, Sion Takitaki, and Mac Wilson. Interestingly enough, Dylan Moses has a ton of exposure at Sam. Mac Wilson is currently the Browns' will. We could get two Bama linebackers on this base defense, Uh, but I think Dylan Moses has the, the ceiling and potential to fulfill a a Mike role. And that's something that Jordan Reed who, who watched and studied him for the database uh, echoed as far as, you know, his belief that he can step into a prominent role in the middle, the Cleveland Browns lock it in Dylan Moses at 14. So I have the Chicago bears here at number 15, Kyle, and you got to go with a tight end here, right? We got to keep, yeah, keep the, keep the trend going. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Um, Man, I, I wish – see, this is another team that I think could, could go offensive tackle. Uh, they can go into your offensive line. I don't love the value here at this point at either one of those, those positions. Um, so, I think about corner. Uh, you know, right now, Jalen – I mean, it took, just took Jalen Johnson, who's probably going to be a starter. They've got Kyle Fuller at one spot. they got a good Nick and Buster screen. Love to get another safety opposite of Eddie Jackson, but I don't love the value here. This is a team that it just I don't like where they're picking. I just don't. With that said, Kyle, Allen Robinson's a free agent. The pro they gotta bring him back, don't they? You'd think so. I am just twisted up. Twisted in the win here. I, I I mean, I really am. I really am. What I'm gonna do. Mm, this is tough, Kyle. I got to make a pick, don't I? I'm excited because for my next pick, I got a bunch of options. And you might pluck one of my guys, but. Yeah, because I mean, it's just like, 
All right. We, cause we have their top needs is offensive tackle safety and edge. I think you can make a case to pass on edge though, because they just gave Robert Quinn that monster deal. That's true. That's true. I just don't like the value, Kyle. (sighs) Listen, you were traveling yesterday, so you weren't a a part of the board stacking experience yesterday. I know you got to get caught up on that before today's TDN scouting staff meeting. This was a spot we were stuck at for a while. Now, granted, some of the players that we've taken in the mock aren't players that we stacked, but kind of like the 15 was like a, a weird sticking point for stacking as far as, well, I like this guy, but 15 doesn't feel right. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do, Kyle. Oh, no, we're not going to do that. I want to go corner so bad. Come on. You want me to do it, don't you? Because it's a good fit. Do it. They lost Prince. I know, but they drafted Jalen Johnson. They have Kyle Fuller. Okay. All right, I'm going with the brand guy. We're doing it. We're picking Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Um, I'm not going to let Jalen Johnson on this roster get in the way of that. We can, you know, we have versatility with Fuller. Caleb Farley is a friggin' stud. He's an outstanding press corner. He's good in man-to-man. Bruce Feldman had to tell me in his uh, freaks list that he clocked 24.6 miles per hour on his GPS tracker in the Notre Dame game last year at 6.2207. I love Caleb Farley. And when you're stuck like I was with that Bears pick, get him a player that you love at a position of importance, and that's what we did with Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. You will not be mad that you have him on your football team, I promise. Okay, so here's the deal. We're going with a tight end. For the Falcons. For the Falcons. Really? Hayden Hurst had a nice year last year, right? And the Falcons yeah, traded for Hayden Hurst. What did they trade for Hayden Hurst? A two, right? Was it a two? Yeah. It was a Hayden Hurst and a fourth for a two and a five. The marquee thing there's a two. Right, but it's Hurst and a four for a two. This is your pick, man. Damn, Hayden Hurst. Just look at what they did with Austin Hooper last year, right? Right? I, yeah, they, he had a great year. Got paid a had, lot of money. Yeah, well, Hayden Hurst caught 30 balls for – 349 yards last year for Baltimore. Now you got me second guessing it. I was all excited. I thought you were going to be all about this. I'm not, but it's your pick. I picked Creed Humphrey for the Dolphins at seven, and I liked it, and you did. You don't have to like all the picks. Austin Hooper's last three seasons. 526 yards and three touchdowns, 660 yards and four touchdowns, 787 yards and six touchdowns. Ascending player. Yeah, you know what? What do I say, Joe? Don't let a good player prevent you from drafting a great player. Pat Fryermuth, Penn State, great player. I think him in the Austin Hooper role 
in this offense gives you a much greater ceiling than what I see with Hayden Hurst, even though Hayden Hurst, yes, he had a quote unquote better season last year as a complimentary receiving target for the Baltimore Ravens. I understand there were some investments made here, but there were also other picks that were exchanged here. So I'd be interested in doing the math to find out what that value for Hayden Hurst actually adds up to be because you say it too, but I know it's a late two. It's about as late of a two or it's a, a, a mid two, right? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. It was somewhere in there. Yeah. So Pat Fryermuth, Penn state, he can align in line. He can align flexed in the slot. He can line in the backfield. He is Penn state's best offensive weapon this year. They call him baby Gronk and it's for a reason. And because of that Falcons, their offense works really well with an embarrassment of riches and a good tight end prospect for the middle of the field. That's going to be Pat Fryermuth in the long term, and not Hayden Hurst who carrying a first round contract and getting close to the end of that contract is going to be getting more and more expensive. I'm excited to welcome the Bills, Steelers, and Colts back to the first round discussion tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody else that were? Jaguars are up for their second pick of the first round. Right. So that's what you guys have to look forward to tomorrow. Quick recap. Trevor Lawrence, number one to Jacksonville. Penny Sewell, offensive tackle, number two to Washington. Jamar Chase, wide receiver, three to Cincinnati. Quarterback Justin Fields at four to Carolina. Edge Greg Rousseau at five to the New York Jets. Linebacker Micah Parsons at six to the New York Giants. Offensive lineman Creed Humphrey at seven to the Miami Dolphins. Quarterback Trey Lance at eight to the Vegas Raiders. Marvin Wilson at nine. Defensive tackle to the Detroit Lions. Wide receiver Jalen Waddell at 10 to the Miami Dolphins. Offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood at 11 to the Denver Broncos. Offensive guard Wyatt Davis at 12 to the Cardinals. Offensive tackle Sam Cosme at 13 to the Chargers. Linebacker Dylan Moses at 14 to the Browns. Cornerback Caleb Farley at 15 to the Bears. And tight end Pat Fryermuth at 16 to the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, thanks for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. We hope to see you guys again tomorrow for the second half of this mock draft extravaganza.